there, business animals. This is Kara. I just wanted to share a few things about the episode that you're about to hear that we recorded with Emily Oscalillo. I met Emily in another world completely, where we were both working in a totally different career. The crazy thing is, is that we're both running animal-based businesses today, which is how we got reconnected. One of the things I've always admired about Emily, which holds true today, is her positive, purpose-driven mentality towards all that she does, including running her own animal-based business. Kim and I want you all to watch out for three things today from this episode. First of all, Emily talks a lot about being mindful to your mission and coming back to that anytime you have a tough decision you need to make in your business or you're not sure what your next step should be. The second thing Emily talks a lot about in this episode is fostering and then nurturing community relationships with other businesses, whether they're like your business or completely different from your business. You never know where those relationships will take you and when they're gonna come in handy in times of crisis. The third thing Emily talks about is the way that she uses resources and that community in innovative ways in her business. We hope you guys enjoy this episode, we sure did, and I really loved getting to connect with Emily again and learn about her business. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, I'm Kim with Be More Business. And I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Today, we are super excited to have Emily Oscalillo with us. Emily is the owner of Quite Fetching, a pet bakery and boutique located in Grafton, Massachusetts. She's a dog mom herself. Emily created a fun and inviting environment for pet parents to gather, shop, and talk all things dogs. Founded out of the love and loss of her beloved pup rags, Emily is committed to providing a top quality product and a place for the pups and people who love them. And I have to just start by saying, I know Emily, we go way back. We go way back to living in Key West, Florida, enjoying the Fantasy Fest experience <laughs> from a glass window that was mirrored and people walking by and showing, checking their costumes in the front of the glass. For those who don't know what Fantasy Fest is, you got to look it up. And we both did domestic violence work together. And we have both now found ourselves in a totally different line of work, running our pet-based businesses. We both are self-described accidental entrepreneurs, as we've learned. And it's been really fun to reconnect with her. So Kim and I are super excited to bring Emily to the podcast so that she can share her experiences. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a, a fun afternoon. I forgot about that mirror. I forgot about all the door with the two-way. Yeah, the mirrored glass I, door with the people like scantily yes, dressed, yes. checking their costumes and stuff before they headed down to Duval Street yes. for the Fantasy Fest. Kim, have you ever been seen Fantasy Fest or been to Fantasy Fest? No. <laughs> well, I'm from Missouri. Th- yeah, Missouri's yeah, the probably scantily clad things that walk past my window are goats. <laughs> <laughs> Cows, horses, maybe a few chickens, but uh, if there's a scantily clad person looking in my window, it's going to be- You're calling the cops. Time to go get them. No, no cops, no time for that. We're 45 minutes away from them. <laughs> it's go get the gun and the dog time. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Well, Emily, we're so excited to have you here. And when I saw that you were running, I think you even call it a pet barkery in Pet Boutique, which I think is the coolest thing ever. And I, your husband, Kevin, I saw a video the other day of him in a squirrel costume (laughs) delivering treats or a cake or something to some of your clients. And my husband and I were crying laughing. It was the best thing ever. And I'm probably going to try to share it to our Instagram so people or our Facebook page so that people can see it. It's so genius. It's genius marketing. I love it so much. (laughs) But that's not what we're here to talk to you about today. (laughs) Or maybe it is. Maybe it is. On on nuts. (laughs) On nuts. (laughs) And the pun started. There we go. Emily, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you started a pet barkery and boutique? Can you tell us a little bit about where Quite Fetching came from? Sure. So um, as you had mentioned, and the terminology came from your first podcast that I listened to that, that just struck every every chord with me, I became an accidental entrepreneur. When I was living in Key West, Florida, I was 26 years old and I met a pup named Rags. And he ended up coming home with me that day. And uh, he traveled with me for the next 14 years. When he passed away, we were living up here in Massachusetts. And to say it, it shattered my heart into a million paces is probably even a bit of an understatement. So I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what to do without him. And long story short, I decided to just start this little organization called Road Trips for Rags. And every weekend, my husband and I would go to the grocery store with 20 bucks in our pocket, and we would buy cans of food and some dog treats. And we would go to a shelter in Connecticut, Rhode Island, or Massachusetts, and we would make a little donation in his name and other pets that we knew that had crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. And I started a Facebook page because I found so much comfort from that. I started a Facebook page and I opened it up to everybody. And I, you know, no donation was ever necessary to have your pet recognized on a memory card. And that was just how I kept him with me for the next few years. Uh, we would donate. We we shipped things down to Mississippi and, and all over. And it just brought me a lot of comfort. And I was still working in the fields of domestic violence then. And the systems had changed a lot since I had first started working in that field. And if somebody had even said to me two months, three months prior to starting Quite Fetching that I would be leaving my job and starting a pet bakery, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. What are you talking about? I love what I do. But but it happened. I was uh, We were baking cookies. It was November of 2016. And we were baking dog cookies for a fundraiser for Road Trips for Rags. We wanted to make a couple of nice holiday donations to some shelters in the area. And so I was like, let's make dog cookies and sell them. And so we were making those dog cookies and my phone was just ringing off the hook from work. And I just, I looked at my phone, I looked at the dog cookies, I looked at my husband and I said, I think I'm done. I want to do this. Can I do this? And he was like, sure, just don't quit your job just yet. I was like, really? Okay. (laughs) So the next day I went back to work and I also looked at how to register those cookies. 
And so that, that began the process. And I scheduled a pop-up event. Valentine's Day felt like a, an opportune time to share the dog love. And so that's what I did. I continued to work. I registered those cookies and I threw caution to the wind and we did a pop-up event. And that's that's essentially how, how it got started. We had a very successful afternoon and my husband was like, oh my goodness, I wow, I didn't, I didn't really think we'd get this far, but here we are. Um, <laughs> So that <laughs> that started the journey. That started the journey. And here we are, 2021. We started, we officially incorporated in 2017. Um, and here we are in 2021, still going strong. Now you have moved from pop-ups to you have a brick and mortar location, correct? Yes. As an accidental entrepreneur, I didn't know the first thing about business. I, I'm still really learning as I go, but boy, have I learned a lot. Um <laughs> I didn't even know where to start. I was fortunate enough where with Roadships for Rags, I had already started to build this community of like-minded people, of pet parents who were grieving, who understood the love and loss that an animal brings into your life. And so I attribute that to much of the success of the first day that we had. And it happened to be in the Grafton Inn, which is an old historic inn. And they had a little retail spot in the front of the inn that was not being used. And so after the event happened. I kind of looked at that space and, and I said, I wonder if he'd be interested in renting that to me. And the first couple of weeks he said, no, he had plans for it. And so I'd go in for dinner, or we'd go in for a drink and I'd go, oh, too bad. Could have made a couple of bucks on that today. And so I just kind of, <laughs> I kept sort of, you know, presenting the idea, um, in little, in little ways. And, um, he finally gave in <laughs> and he said, okay, fine. Um, but we're going month to month and I can't make any promises. I really want to have this, this other business come in and, and this is part of the plan. And I said, okay, great, fine. I'll, I'll take it. And I thought what better way to open than on St. Patrick's day in a bar and restaurant, because you know, even if we didn't get a customer, we had the foot traffic. And so that's, that's how it started there. And we did our farmer's markets. So I was, I was fortunate enough to build my community in a small little space that was affordable to me. And while I was, while I was exiting and making the transition from my other, my other field. And then I just feel like what's meant to be will find a way. And just so happens that the building across the street, the townhouse on the common had been under renovation for, for years. And I really didn't know what was happening with it. And I just thought I was driving by uh, the town hall and I said, you know what, let me, let me swing into the city municipal center and see what's going on with that. So I went in, I walked into the town administrator's office and I said, hi, I'm Emily. I'm just wondering what's going on with the, the retail spaces at One Grafton Common. And he said, funny, you should come in. He goes, we're actually, we're, we're, we've got somebody uh, who's taking over the master lease. They're coming in. We're signing everything tomorrow. The attorneys, blah, blah, blah. I'll give them your card. I said, excellent. Great. Thanks so much. And here's a dog cookie. And, <laughs> and uh, this is what we do. And I'd be interested. So lo and behold, they, I guess they all signed the paperwork. He gave the new proprietor of the building my information and I met with him and he had originally showed me a, a space downstairs. And I said, you know, I, I really kind of was interested in the one up top. And when we opened the door, he goes, oh, sure. You want to take a look? When we opened the door, I could see it. I could see it. I could see the people. I could see the laughter. I could see the community gathering. And I said, this is, this is the one. And so I said, sure, I'll sign a lease. 
I had $300 in my quite fetching checking account. So it was probably not <laughs> the best, the best decision. Um, I, I don't know if you would, you would tell young entrepreneurs, just dive right in. Don't worry if you have any money. Um, because, you know, <laughs> I, I ended up, I ended up learning the hard way on a few things um, because of some of those um, jump right in chances I took. But for this one in particular, it ended up working out okay. So I signed the lease and then I went, oh my God, how am I going to, what am I going to do? And so I went down to the small business center down here in Worcester. They have a nice free service and resource down there. Um, and I took advantage of it. And lo and behold, I expedited uh, some processes and rent got paid on time and, and we hit the ground running. And there you are. I have to say, I have enjoyed following your journey. And one of the things that I've loved so much is, is how creative you have been. I mean, I saw a cake the other day that was literally celebrating a dog being neutered. Um, it was a neuter cake. I don't know if, what the official name was yeah, for it, yeah, that's but it. it was hilarious <laughs> and right up my alley. So anyway, I was just loving it so much. But one of the things that I think you do an amazing job of is you're so creative. You're so different. You are always looking for the next thing. And how do you think you do such an amazing job? Because your, your market is so niche. Um, or niche, as, as Kim would say. Your market is so niche, and you do such a great job, though. I of, say niche. Do you say, you say niche when you're being cool, you know? Uh, I have to say, after hearing yeah, niche. Yeah, I say niche when I'm with the cool kids. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I I, I was afraid yeah. this might come up. After listening to that first oh. podcast, I was like, oh, what do I say? Do I call it a niche or a niche? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's whatever. We don't care. It's the okay. it's the intent behind it. So we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. Call whatever you want. Yeah, call it a niche yeah. if you want to call it a niche. That's ooh, of niche. All, yeah. 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 It's all good. Of all the things to stress about, yeah. that's the least <laughs> environment. That's the least yeah, one. Yeah. But I do think <laughs> you do. In business, we don't need to stress. <laughs> I do think you do an amazing job of creating that kind of competitive advantage in a niche market. Can you talk to us a little bit about like what are your big points around that? Like, what do you think really helps you do that? There's so many things that influence my, my day to day. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's exactly what I did, actually. That's, <laughs> can, can your audience hear that dog barking? <laughs> they can. <laughs> You'll stop in a second, though. <laughs> so, so to go to that point, um, that's where I get my creativity from. Um, the dogs give us so much. You know, there's that old saying that... Um, Dogs do speak. You just have to know how to listen, right? Um, and that's so true. I, I'm the mom of four, and I look at them, and they look back at me like, what are you doing? That's pineapple. I don't want pineapple. I want sweet potato. Yeah. Um, what are you baking today, so, mom? <laughs> so, you know, I get, my, I get my, my ideas and my creativity from the energy that I'm fortunate enough to, to have myself surrounded by on a day-to-day. -day. You know, we've, we've created a community here where people come in and they, they come in with, with a lighter heart or even when they come in with a heavy heart. You know, that is something that we talk about and, and it inspires me. I do look to the internet um, for some things. TikTok is a crazy place. <laughs> but, but sometimes I'll see things and I'm like, oh my God, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I need to make, I need to make a cactus cake. Like uh, this is just, um, and there's a national day for everything, which is also fun and inspiring. Something. That's well, something. Yeah. You've talked a lot about rags, which was your 
ultimate inspiration, I think, for working in this type of environment, for working with dogs and creating something in his honor. Can you talk a little bit about how your mission affects your day-to-day and your creative advantage? You know, I I think reminding myself every day, uh, to even to reread that sometimes, that we started out of grief, which I needed... I knew I wasn't the only one, right? I knew I was. People will come in sometimes and they'll be like, "You're gonna think I'm, you're gonna think I'm nuts," but I'm like, "Okay, you can try me on that," but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge you on on this one. So people will come in and they'll say, you know, you're gonna think I'm nuts, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing a birthday party for my friend or, or my friend's dog, or, um, you know, I lost my dog and, and I can't, I couldn't come in right away because the grief was so heavy and it was so much. And so creating a community first, just through Facebook, right, where we could share condolences, where we could share those things. I have a wonderful opportunity to hear to share all of those life moments with people. You know, when they get a new puppy, when they when they unfortunately have to say goodbye to one. You know, I wanted to create a place. I was I don't have human children, and there was there was very few people who understood my connection with rags until then, until I found my, my tribe, sort of speak. And I could go out there and, you know, in the beginning, you just sort of go through the process and you go through the emotion and you don't realize what I didn't realize at the time is that I was building such a, such a a family of human connection and human experience. And so that's what I try to remind myself every day when I've got a deadline coming up on a cake or someone needs something last minute or the bills are are getting tight or whatever it is, sales are low, whatever it is. I take a deep breath and I look out these beautiful windows and I look around me and I'm very aware that I've created exactly what I set out to do. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And I try to remember that in everything that I do, because there will be people that come in and they're not your people and that's okay. Use the things, those emotions and to use those experiences that we've all had over the years to continue to foster our business. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. Well, I know you had talked about the idea of you always come back to your mission, which for you was creating that space for other dog parents that wanted to celebrate their dog. Either they got a new puppy or they're, you know, like you mentioned the folks that come in with their dogs going through chemo and they wanted to give them a special treat that they would be happy to eat or, you know, but you have your, the space that you've created, that community is like a safe space for, for people to come in and be a part of. And now how does that, so it's, it's a place to hang out basically. How do you see that translate to dollars? You've got to sell a lot of $1.50 biscuits to pay the rent, right? 
Um, and so I wasn't, I wasn't sure how I was going to do that, you know, build it and they will come. Right. I supplemented with retail, but I was able to host events. I was, I really feel like I leave one home every day and I come to another. And so I just happen to have an open door policy where everything's for sale too, right? Like in the boutique. So you can come in and, (laughs) right. So you can come in with your cup of coffee and your dog, give them a little play time and something I hope will make you laugh out loud. You'll see something that um, you didn't know you needed. And that's just sort of how it's worked. And we've we've created such community connections that my business has gone into a, another direction now of wholesale. We're back at the Grafton Inn, but now on the second floor in their kitchen, talking about coming sort of full circle with, with things over the years. And so now we can uh, supplement some of our day-to-day retail. Retail is a hard game to play. It really is. It wasn't my intent or part of my mission. And, and, and quite frankly, I, I don't really like it. <laughs> Um, I'm not a business person in that I've learned and, and I, I certainly have some insight and some know-how now, but with the things, just like with the community, I buy things that make me laugh out loud. I fill my boutique with things that will put a smile on your face. I have a, I don't know if I'm going to be bleeped on this, but, um, we have a mat that says, I hope you like asshole dogs. And (laughs) like a welcome mat. (laughs) It's a welcome mat. Yeah. And I love every pup that comes in here. Every every animal I've ever met, they all have a story just like we do. And their behavior is a result of their experiences, right? Um, so, so I don't know necessarily if they're assholes, maybe just a little misunderstood. <laughs> but my bloodhound Mabel is one of those dogs. And I love her to death. But um, I was scrolling through my wholesale website looking for new things to put in. And I, I was like, ha! <laughs> And and he read it. And so those are the things that I fill my home with. Those are the things that I fill my boutique with. And I think just like anything else, I don't I don't buy things because it's going to make me a million bucks. I buy things because I can see it in my home. I can see it relating to you. Um, So everything I do, I I try really hard to go back to that mission of we're dog parents, we're dog people, and I get it, you know, and and, uh, you're going to think I'm crazy. No, no, no. Uh, Do you want the squirrel to deliver that crazy birthday cake to your house? Because we can do that, too. They're like, you have a squirrel? I'm like, yeah, trumped you crazy, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is awesome. Can you talk a little bit? You've mentioned community a couple times. Can you talk about how you've fostered and then continue to nurture community with other similar businesses or businesses in your community to help support each other? You know, one of the things my father always used to say to me is one hand feeds the other. And he's so, he's so right in that. There were many people I I met when I first started and not necessarily to collaborate with, but to support and to, and to be their cheerleader on certain days and to also learn from them. So there is a bakery in uh, Worcester that we work with and um, I've looked to her for so many things. I don't even know if she realizes how much she has, she has taught me over the years, just from simple conversations we've had. She has pup cakes and she's primarily a human bakery, but she has pup cakes. She was using a store bought brand. I said, you know, let me see if she if she'd be interested in carrying ours. So I messaged her one day and she was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. I'd love to support a small business then 
um, this big chain store where I go get my, you know, absolutely. Let me. And so we just started this relationship and, you know, I would go down and I'd share little posts and vice versa. She would kind of, and, you know, and we'd laugh together and, you know, I'd make a little special something for her pup, even though she makes pup cakes and does dog cakes. And we never really were in competition with each other. We were just two women trying to, you know, do our thing every day. And because of that, it was the craziest weekend ever a few weeks ago. And I didn't have any, my delivery was late and I didn't have any. I didn't have any bags um, for customers to actually buy things and take them out of my store. So my husband was going down to deliver some cookies. And I said, can you ask her, please, if she just has 50 bags and, and I'll pay her? And she had them. And she was like, oh, my gosh, sure. Yeah, take. Do you need the box? Do you need what do you need? And little things like that to support one another, to not be in competition with each other all the time. You know, there's enough cupcakes to go around and to just use those relationships for every aspect of our day in ways that you don't even know you're going to need them. You know, whether that be sharing in grief or loss or when COVID hit, my goodness, right? That was, everybody's head was spinning. You know, we cried together. We didn't know what that meant for our business, but at the same token, we all sort of got to laugh and say, well, I, I guess we can clock out today and go have a cocktail like I you want to zoom later like I guess I guess we we can take the day off and we'll regroup tomorrow and you know we we support each other I had heard from business owners in my community that I only see maybe on a Facebook page or a networking page or something and they checked in they were like how are you doing and I'm like oh my gosh how are you and then I remember the the message one one time from this woman it was so long and and I, I, my heart just reached out to her on every aspect. And that's what got us through though, right? It was those little, and later on when we all reopened and stuff, she sent a message back and she said, I can't thank you enough for just that, that little heart emoji you sent on that one day where I thought, you know, and, and so it's all of those things. And then going, oh my gosh, my, my register's down. Do you have any, can I use your square? Can I do, you know, and, and, and so that's it. You know, it's, it's building community. We're all in it together. We can only do what we can do, but we, we need to support each other and we need to be mindful that we're all just doing the best we can. Well, I love that idea of creating community and the thought process behind like you become friends with these people, but you've got other businesses that are maybe similar to yours. Maybe they're just conveniently located next door and you start developing these relationships and it's more than just calling on them when you need them. It's supporting each other, building each other up, you know, referring to each other, sharing each other's information. And then when crisis hits, they're there for you because you didn't just call on them in crisis. You were supporting them and developing that relationship all along. Absolutely. The relationships we've built here with Quite Fetching in our community are genuine. We don't fake it when we come in. Like dogs don't fake it, right? Either either they're nervous or they're happy or they're, right? Like we can see the transparency in their behavior. And that's what we respect about it. That's what we love about it. That's what we hold dear in our hearts is that they live in the moment. They're true to their, their feelings. And I think that we've been very fortunate where we've created an environment. I've been able to foster and nurture these relationships that are genuine. You know, I, I truly, you can't fake sadness when your pup dies or when your the government tells you that your business has to close indefinitely. 
you can have the best business plan in the world, but if your heart and soul are not driving that, if your genuine first mission isn't the guiding force behind that every day, I don't know if it's going to be as successful as it could be otherwise. You know, you can open up a bookstore, but if you don't like to read, how good are you going to be, right? So I think, you know, remembering that all of this was born and facilitated and came to fruition out of the love that we had for our, our dog. Um, and the fact that I felt kind of alone, I felt, I felt pretty isolated in that grief. Like you hear all the time, well, it was just a dog or, oh, you know, our dog died or whatever, but man, it's so much more than that. So just carrying that, having that be the common thread in, in everyday life. I mean, that's not to say <laughs> we don't get frustrated and, and I'm not like, no, you, I'm sorry, I only have two bags left. What do you want me to do? Okay, no, take one, take one. And what, you know, like we go through these real life struggles, right? But at the end of the day, it's genuine. And, uh, and I, I would perfectly fine, Kara, if you needed my last bag and a customer came in, I'm like, can I help you to your car? That, that horse lady took my last bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But to just stay true to it, to just stay true. And then when you do have those bad days, people recognize that too. I was here one day and, um, I just had a boatload of stuff going on and a friend of mine came in and she said, you look tired. Can I give you, can I get you a cup of coffee? Can I get you something? And I just said, you know, I am tired. And I just kind of started to cry a little bit, but it was okay. It was okay. And there was no fear of judgment. There was no fear of, oh God, she's not going to come back because I just dumped a bunch of stuff on her. You know, I think staying, staying true to that. That's my background, right? I, I was a social worker. Psychology is my thing. I've always sort of been a little more empathetic, I think, to the emotion behind things, um, which hasn't always made me a good business person. But I, I do believe that things come back. We talked about that earlier, right? You know, a lot of times people say, you give too much stuff away. You're in business. And I agree. I agree that I do need to pay the bills. Like you had said in a previous podcast, you know, boundaries are important because you do deserve time with your family. You do deserve to pay your bills. You do deserve all of these things. But I feel like with with the smaller things, right? Like I'm not giving away the rent money. It's a cupcake because the dog just came in and, and he's beautiful and I love him and I have an extra cupcake. And <laughs> what's the harm? It's balanced itself out. The rent still gets paid and, and the dog gets a cupcake and it's all good. Your equine-based business has unique needs. It's your job to tell the story of your horse brand. You know what you want to say, but creating or finding powerful storytelling images that grab the attention of your ideal client can be a challenge, especially when you're busy running your business. That's why equine industry business leaders turn to Fast Horse Photography and a library featuring thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and all your other needs is easier than ever. Find the perfect images for your equine business right now at fasthorsephotography.com. That's fasthorsephotography.com. I love that. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you use resources really to become more innovative in your business? Like what types of things do you enjoy 
Like, are you a podcast listener? Do you attend community meetings? Like what, what do you do to stay kind of one step ahead of the game in your community? I need to do more of those things. Listening to your podcasts actually was really actually inspiring. It was really inspiring. The, the first episode you did was uh, accidental entrepreneurship and I was nodding my head the entire time. And I don't make it. That was a fun episode. <laughs> it was, it was. It was. You know, and I, I don't make enough time for those things all the time. And I think that's something that's super, super important to do. What I use, you know, the community resources, there's always something fun going on. I think I mentioned, I went down and I used the SBA free services down at Clark. And I I don't consider myself a formal networker. You know, I, I don't, care so much for those 7 a.m. meetings, but but they do have value. I do leave them a little bit more motivated than I was before. And I think all of those things bring value and creativity to the day. So the resources that I use are, are the community, are the people around me. There's a, a couple of local breweries we work with, and there's just always something going on. There's so much fun, right? And you can make a cake out of anything, right? To, to represent anything. And so that's where my inspiration comes from. Um, and a little bit of TikTok now that I found that fancy app. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just can't get over it. Oh, I've, and I've got so many ideas in my head and getting them, getting them to fruition. So, you know, kind of going back to Mabel and my own home. Mabel has really created her own community. Mabel is one of your dogs, right? Just to, for the audience, the listeners out there. Mabel's one of the dogs. And actually, uh, Carrie, that's where the squirrel came from. So it wasn't like we were just sitting around one day and go, what can we do? What can we do? So the way the squirrel came about was we adopted Maybell and she loves to chase squirrels. I mean, honestly, what dog doesn't? And so we were going to throw a birthday party for her. We were like, go nuts. Mabel's turning three. And I had, and I was like, oh my gosh, we need a squirrel suit. Like this would be so fun. We'll do like little squirrel photos and stuff. And that's what we did. So, so we had little glasses made up with a squirrel juggling acorns and um, we had the squirrel come and I've had peanuts all around the boutique and we had squirrel logs and like, it was amazing. And then when the pandemic hit, we thought, oh my gosh, what are we going to do, right? And and so we offered curbside pickup and I was like, maybe we can do deli- deliver. Oh my God, we can have a squirrel deliver dog cakes <laughs> to people and they can socially distance and they can be on the lawn and oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And I think, I think I went right to Amazon and saw if they had an acorn cake pan and, and they did not. They did not. So Wilson, if you're listening... To really use a, a, a couple of acorn cake pans. You may have to make your own. Sell them. So that's well. That's what we did. That's what we did. That's what we did. Kind of going back to uh, being more creative than than having a, a sort of a business sense. Numbers are not my strong point. And let me tell you how many times I've thought I was getting something that was regular size, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the size of a thimble. Supposed to, <laughs> supposed to doing this. We've all done that. <laughs> all oh done my that. gosh, I thought I was going to say. I was so proud of myself one Christmas. I was like, Kevin, I saved us $200 on bags. They'll be here tomorrow. It's going to be great. They showed up. I'm like, are, are these for jewelry? Like uh, earrings? Like what are these? I, I can't fit a cookie in here. Um, so now you got to resell them. <laughs> well, so you know what I did? You know what I did? I brought them next door. We have a, there's a beautiful country store next door to where we are. And she says jewelry. And I said, can you use these? Because clearly I'm not fitting a dog biscuit into these. And she did. 
and she she could use them and you know she's like oh what do I owe you I'm like don't worry about it no big deal and then I don't know a few months later I went over and uh, I, I needed I, whatever and she's like oh here take this or whatever so you know what I mean like that's how one hand feeds the other I didn't need the the eighty dollars yeah. back that I spent on the bags what I needed was a ruler in front of me to measure <laughs> actually <laughs> how how bad the how big those bags were going to be but um so you know it really all goes back with everything that we do to just you find your creativity in the relationships that you built and the experiences that you have um you know we talked about key west and fantasy fest and all of those things that we take with us that we don't even know we're going to need later on in life or that we even learned from them but we do you know it's it's so cliche to just stop and smell the roses right but but it's so important to be mindful every single day about what's in front of you and live like the dogs do the dog gets into the car and they don't know if they're going to the vet or the bakery but they're equally as excited right <laughs> and 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 we can learn something from that yes we can we can learn something from oh that. that's awesome <laughs> that is so awesome I want to be equally excited about every place that I go <laughs> yeah because because you really don't know what experience that's going to hold for you and when you can use that later on in life absolutely so Emily what advice would you give to the the novices out there the folks that are thinking about starting their own animal-based business not necessarily as a pet baker but just in general they're starting their businesses and they are just looking they're they're out there right now pulling in all the information they can do you have any advice you'd like to just one thing you'd like to share try not to focus too much on what other people are are doing out there focus on what makes you unique and what you can bring to the table. I may have 20 dog bakers around me and we can all create something very different. And each one is going to appeal to a different market, a different audience, a different person, depending on what they're going through with their day. So why do you go to one restaurant instead of another? Maybe some days, you know, you're in the mood for one cup of coffee as opposed to another, you know, stay true to yourself. Don't try to be something you're not. Um, and it's 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 a really hard not to fall down that that line. I think you and I talked about that earlier where, you know, you got to sell a lot of biscuits to be a dog bakery. And so I've been inundated with people over the years saying, what about grooming? What about putting a grooming salon in the back? Or what about doing dog walking? And, and those are not what my mission was. Those were not the things that I intended to do when I set out to do them. So while some things have an advantage and you can absolutely go down different roads and and grow in different directions, try not to feel overwhelmed by what other people are doing. It can really detract from your own niche or niche. (laughs) Niche. uh, niche. I'm changing my pronunciation to niche. To niche. And and along those regards, Emily, you're absolutely right. I mean, you mentioned the person earlier. It looked like they were busy. They were rocking in on social media. And the reality is, is most of the time we're seeing their highlight reel and we really don't know what's going on in that business. So if we can reel ourselves in and stay focused on our mission, I mean, it makes such a big difference. So Kim, is there anything else that you want to ask Emily? I don't want to ask her anything, but I just want to add, Emily, I love your energy. And (laughs) my business is based on helping people become sustainable entrepreneurs. That means being able to maintain their lifestyle as an entrepreneur long term. Because let's face it, most of us who get into this and do what we love, we want to do it until we literally cannot do it anymore. It's a passion project. It's something that we adore. And something that I usually start people off with is, is getting them to understand their why. And when you can relate to your why, 
it is your go juice. It's what makes all the difference in your business because it those hard days it can pull you right through. And your entire episode today has been a testimonial to understanding your why and how important that is in being able to keep moving in a business no matter what what comes by your your window, whether it be a scantily clad person during <laughs> um, some weird festival you all have in Florida. <laughs> Or whether it be COVID or connecting to your neighbors. So I I love that you are very connected to that and your energy is so amazing. And I really appreciate all your input for our listeners today. I hope they've gotten as much out of this as I have. Um, I just want to celebrate you and be your cheerleader. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, I'm free anytime if you want to make this a, uh, you know, a... I don't know. I think she just wants to hang out. I think Emily's wanting to hang out. Well, in that nature, then, Emily, why don't you tell all of the listeners where they can find you online? We're on Instagram, quite fetching Barkery. We would love a follow. Mabel may get a little, um, a little full of herself, but, <laughs> but we would love it. We would love it. Um, and we, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, our website is quitefetching.com. Um, if anybody has any questions, you can email me at emily at quitefetching.com. Um, we currently, because we do bake fresh to order and we have all of our uh, fresh ingredients, we literally, I literally get up every morning at 5 a.m. to make sure that these pups have a fresh cake before them. We don't currently ship our cakes, but we do ship our cookies. And right now, actually, speaking of Florida, anytime we ship to Monroe County, a dollar a bag goes back to Billy Davis, a positive step of Monroe County. You know, never forget where you came from. And Rags was born and raised in Key West. So it's it's uh, very dear to our heart that I can give back to somebody who gave me so much back in the day and uh, kind of give it back to Rags's, Rags's little community too. So um, if there's anything too that, that other businesses or other people out there need, we're also always happy to, to give a donation of our cookies so people can fundraise towards their mission as well. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you haven't, I mean, I'm assuming you all right now are pulling up your phone and you're following Emily online, but her feeds, her Instagram and her Facebook feed are hilarious. They are filled (laughs) with the cutest pup faces, the cutest cookies and cakes that a dog could ever want. And I'm continuously laughing at the stuff you come up with and make cakes out of. And I would just definitely encourage folks to head over, click those like buttons and show some love over there because it is, it is inspiring. It really is. So Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun to catch up with you and reminisce a little bit before about our old days in the Keys. And I love following you online and and seeing your, your happy dog family. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.